What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, NFL Friday. Let's do it. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. All right. On today's show, we're going to go through every wild card game coming up this weekend. As always, special thanks to TopNotchOdds.com. Check them out online. TopNotchOdds.com. Great online sports book. Uh, I highly recommend adding them to your repertoire. If you already have a sports book you like, a website you like, that's fine. Shop around. Do yourself a favor of always getting the best lines, the cheapest lines online. TopNotchOdds.com. Put in promo code SHARPEDGE and you could get up to a 200% deposit bonus. And it lets them know that you heard about them right here on the Sharp Angle Podcast. Online, TopNotchOdds.com. Promo code SHARPEDGE. All right, let's get right into it. We will go in, I believe this is chronological order. If not, please forgive me. But I do have uh, kind of a at least a few thoughts about every game this weekend. I have two bets for singles and one bet for a teaser. So I will have a way to get some action for every single NFL game this weekend. Let's start off Buffalo at Houston. Actually, what I'm going to do real quick is pull up the games just to get you guys the accurate times here. All right, so Buffalo at Houston. This is going to be tomorrow, Saturday at 135 Pacific, 435 Eastern. Buffalo at Houston. Houston, a three-point favorite at home. I am going to go Houston minus three in this game. And right now, as I record this on Friday morning, you can find Houston minus three at plus 105 at a lot of different places. So Houston minus three is my pick. Yes, Buffalo has the better numbers. Right now, if you just pull up the stats on whatever, ESPN, NFL.com, Buffalo has the better stats, the better numbers. On paper, they do. It looks like they're the better team. But you have to take into account who they've played. I mean, that, that's a big deal. I know in the NFL, it's not as big of a deal as, let's say, college football, but it still matters if you have a last-place schedule or a first-place schedule. That is a real thing. According to TeamRankings.com, uh, Buffalo has the 28th toughest uh, strength of schedule this year. Buffalo's actually 0-3 against playoff teams. So a lot of the times the argument is, yeah, they can only play who they can play, right? They got last place last year. You can't fault them for the natural schedule of things. And I understand that. I'm actually a proponent of that argument. I say that all the time in college. It's like they can only play who they can play, but they should do well when they do get an opportunity against good teams. So for Buffalo to be 0-3 against playoff teams, that not only says to me that this 10-6 and record is a bit inflated and false, their stats probably are too. I mean, here are Buffalo's wins this year. Here are their 10 wins, okay? They have, out of all 10 wins, I think one, maybe two good wins... They beat Dallas on the road. Okay, Dallas didn't even make the playoffs, but I'll call that their best win of the season. And then they beat Tennessee week four with Marcus Mariota starting. Those are their two best wins. Their other wins of the season, Pittsburgh with a third-string quarterback, Denver with Brandon Allen starting. They beat Miami twice, Washington, Cincinnati, the New York Jets, New York Giants. They do have losses also, by the way, to the Jets in Cleveland. I mean, does this sound like a team that can go on the road and beat a very good Houston team? So let's talk about Houston. Uh, yes, they have some injuries. I understand that. 
but it's not going to be enough to overcome how good Houston is as a team. Plus, Will Fuller might play. He's not going to be 100%, but he might play. J.J. Watt might play. Not going to be 100%. My point, though, with Houston is they have experience. A lot of the guys who are on the team were there last year during that debacle in the playoffs. The main key to Sean Watson His playoff experience, albeit one game last year, is going to do wonders. Rookie quarterbacks or quarterbacks who have no playoff experience have not fared well in the playoffs. It's something like 6-15 and against the spread. I mean, it's not good at all. The playoffs are a different animal. Deshaun Watson, I think of anyone, had a bit of an upper hand because he played at Clemson, went to the national championship. It's not like this guy never played in big games before, but the the Super Bowl, or excuse me, the playoffs, as Deshaun Watson said last year, were just a different animal. So I think that that is kind of what this game comes down to for me, is Deshaun Watson has a playoff experience. Jake Allen does not for Buffalo, and I think he's going to struggle. I think that that offense in in general will struggle for for, uh, Buffalo. So I think Houston, they're not going to have a great day offensively, but enough to get by, cover the three points. I also like the draw option. Houston minus three, plus 105 is my best bet for the first game. All right, let's move on to Tennessee at New England. This is the second game on Saturday, taking place at 7, or excuse me, 8.15 Eastern time. I'm going to go the home favorite, once again, New England, minus the five points. Tennessee has not played a top 10 defense when Ryan Tannehill has been starting. Now, let's talk about Tennessee's offense because that's what everyone's talking about. And I understand, rightfully so, Tennessee's had a very, very good offense since Ryan Ryan Tannehill has taken over. If you just look at the last half of the season, they're one of the better offenses in the NFL. Okay, They can run the ball, balanced, good offensive line. Their defense has been playing well. So I like Tennessee. This is a good team. But as I said, they haven't played a top 10 defense with Ryan Tannehill starting at quarterback yet. I think we all know New England probably has the best defense overall in the NFL this season. And I think that really shows itself in this game. I mean, I mean Tennessee is not the, ty- the kind of team that I'm willing to bet on on the road in Foxborough cold weather in the playoffs because they're not constructed to beat the Patriots. I mean, unfortunately for Tennessee, they just don't match well with what New England does great this year. New England, as I said, very, very good defense, best defense in the league. And on the other side, Tennessee's offensive line is much more suited to run the football than pass protect. And if if New England can make you one-dimensional, I mean, good night. It's game over. And New England will make Tennessee one-dimensional. They're going to make Ryan Tannehill beat them. Now, a lot of you may say, that's fine. Tannehill's had a great season. You just talked about it. But Bill Belichick has played Tannehill 11 times in his career. 10 of the 11 games, Tannehill has had a QBR worse than his league average. So, I mean, worse than his career average, average, excuse me. So, Bill Belichick knows Tannehill very, very well. Played him for years when he was with Miami. There's not going to be anything that Tannehill or this offense does that surprises the Patriots. And even without the complex, you know, the, the game plans or, or how to stop Bill Belichick or this defense, as we mentioned, Ryan Tannehill has not faced a top 10 offense this year with Tennessee. And still, he's been sacked 31% of his dropbacks. That's good for worst in the NFL. Also, the Titans offensive line is the league worst in the NFL for adjusted sack rate. So I think that 
New England gets after Tennessee. I think they get after Ryan Tannehill, make it a very, very long, uncomfortable day. I mean, do you guys really think Tennessee goes into New England? I'm talking of my, my friends, people I know well, good sports fans, smart sports fans, who think that Tennessee is going to go in and win in New England. I don't think so. I think that we are all being prisoners of the last couple weeks. New England will surprise a lot of people this week and I think cover the five-point spread at home. If you want to bet against Bill Belichick, Tom Brady in the playoffs, be my guest. I'm not going to do so. And I understand that there is nostalgia. We've all seen it happen before, but I'm really trying to avoid that. And I honestly believe New England minus five here is the best bet. To Tennessee, very good team. They're just not equipped to go win this kind of a game in the playoffs. All right, so those are the two Saturday games, and those are my two favorite single bets for the weekend. But if you look ahead to the Sunday games, I like both of these games tied together in a teaser, okay? We're going to take the home favorite in the first game, New Orleans, from minus eight to minus two, so it's a six-point teaser, and then in the second game, well, we'll get there in a second. Let's talk about the Minnesota-New Orleans game. Minnesota on the road at New Orleans. Now, the normal line, as I said, New Orleans minus eight. Minnesota, I don't love them in this spot here. Now, the only reason it's <laughs> we talked about the uh, 10 o'clock Pacific, 1 o'clock Eastern time slot and how Kirk Cousins in Minnesota is far better in that time slot. That's the one thing keeping me off from just loving New Orleans on this game, and frankly, betting New Orleans as a single, is that time slot and the fact that Kirk Cousins, Minnesota, plays very well at 10 o'clock Pacific, 1 o'clock Eastern. But as a franchise, Minnesota, and this is the history of the Minnesota franchise, they played on the road in the playoffs 18 times. You know their straight-up record in those games? <laughs> They're 2-16. and 16. Minnesota's going to have to score some points here if they're going to keep up with New Orleans. Okay, I think that this game goes very clearly two ways here. Either a lot of points are scored and New Orleans wins and probably covers, or not a lot of points are scored and Minnesota's got a very, very good chance to win at the end of the game. If it's a high-scoring, I guess what I'm saying, if it's a high-scoring game, New Orleans should cover. If it's a low-scoring game, watch out because that will favor Minnesota and we could see a repeat of what we saw a couple years ago the miracle in Minnesota, whatever you may, it may, you know, you want to call it, that could be the case here if it's close at the end. I mean, Minnesota's a good enough team to where if it is close at the end, I mean, they have a shot to win. Dalvin Cook should be coming back, although not 100%. So Minnesota, there's a couple of reasons to, to, to think they could make this a game for a while. This is, this is a good team, okay? Minnesota's built, though, for cold weather. They're going at New Orleans inside, in the dome, where Drew Brees thrives. It's kind of like back to the Tennessee-New England game. Tennessee's a good team. They just don't match up well in this spot. It's not a good spot for them. Minnesota, same thing here. I mean, if they were were in the playoffs and had to go on the road in a cold atmosphere, that would be a different story. They're going inside to New Orleans. Now, it's not going to necessarily hurt Minnesota, but they are built for the cold weather. They're built to run the football. If they're going to be one-dimensional and they're going to have to ask Kirk the Jerk Cousins to throw the football and win them the game, good luck. And it really looks to me like that's what this is setting up to be. New Orleans will score their points. By the way, the market agrees with me. It's by far the highest over-under total of the weekend. So I think that New Orleans, Drew Brees has success. He's coming into the playoffs red hot. And Minnesota, as I said, they're going to have to throw the football, score points, keep up with New Orleans. I just don't think that's going to be the case, and I don't think Minnesota is going to be able to do that. 
New Orleans also has a bit of a revenge factor. We all remember that tough game last year in the playoffs. New Orleans has a lot of reasons to be upset. I thought it was going to negatively impact New Orleans during the regular season. They clearly have moved on, turned the page, and they're ready to win right now. So I like New Orleans teasing them from minus 8 to minus 2. We're going through both key numbers of 7 and 3. It's a max advantage teaser, and we're going to tie it with the second game and the final game of the weekend. Seattle Seahawks taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. This is at 140 Pacific, 440 Eastern Time. I am going to take Philadelphia from plus 2.5 up to plus 8.5. Now, this is a max advantage teaser again because we're moving through both 3 and 7. And I do probably think Seattle goes on the road and wins this game. But this is going to be a very, very close game. Everyone's talking about Seattle's point margin. It seems like the main starting point for a lot of handicaps out there. And I get it. They haven't pulled away from a lot of opponents yet. But did you ever maybe think that just means Seattle's very, very good in close games? This whole idea that the real true Sharps have or the math guys have in Vegas to where if you have, let's say, eight games in an NFL season that are very close, the math guys say you should go four and four. And if you're six and two, well... You're getting lucky winning those close games, and that'll even out. That's what the sharp, That's what a lot of the old school guys in Vegas, that's what a lot of the math guys will tell you. I think that's complete bullshit. I think there are some teams who are good in close games, and there are some teams who aren't good in close games. And that's been the case in football for years, maybe even decades. So the whole idea of close games will even out over the long run, I don't give credit to. I think Seattle's simply just good in close games. That's why we're teasing Philly up to 8.5, because if it is close, eh, Seattle could very well end up winning that thing. And with a two and a half point point spread, that's what the market's telling you they're expecting here. Okay. So Seattle has, I understand the point margin, but they're just winning close games and they play in the toughest division in football. I'm not going to discount them for that. Seattle also has the number one strength of schedule. They're getting back a fresh Marshawn Lynch, which I think is actually a much bigger deal worth at least a half point to the point spread than many people are are saying. A lot of people are are, are saying, oh, Marshawn Lynch, he hasn't played, he's coming back, rusty, blah, blah, blah. I think it's a positive, a, a very, very advantageous thing for Seattle. Philadelphia is very injured. I mean, they may get Zach Ertz back, not going to be 100%. May get Lane Johnson back, not going to be 100%. That's been the main key for Philadelphia's second half of the season. They've been so banged up. I don't blame Philly. I think right now, or right now, I think this season, clearly, the Eagles were the best team in the NFC East, but look how injured they were. It's not like the Cowboys or Redskins or Giants were dealing with any of the injury concerns that the Philadelphia Eagles were. So you have to keep that in mind. The whole left side of their line is banged up. You know, Defensively, their secondary, there's injuries, cluster injuries everywhere, seemingly for, for Philadelphia. But I believe the coaching staff will be able to mitigate for a lot of that. I think you're going to see Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz getting rid of the football a lot quicker. Uh, fast passes, a lot of running the football, a lot of eating the clock up, making this a long, drawn-out game. Seattle is fourth worst also in, in quarterback pressure rate. So it's not like this in, these injuries for Philadelphia are really going to hurt them that much. If Seattle were a top-five team in terms of getting to the quarterback, good night, Eileen. I'd take Seattle all, all, all day. But Philadelphia has some matchup advantages here. I mean, both teams have a couple areas in this game they can look at and say, no, we have an advantage here. Like, we're going to do fine here. So I think that Seattle struggles containing the running backs and tight ends for Philadelphia like they have all year long. I think Philly can score and get on the board, but I do think Seattle keeps it close. 
probably ends up winning, but with an eight and a half point spread, we're giving ourselves a nice cushion going through both three and seven to uh, feel good about that. So my games of the day, again, my single bets, uh, Houston minus three against Buffalo. We're going to go New England minus five against Tennessee. And then on Sunday, a two-team six-point teaser. We're going to take New Orleans from minus eight to minus two. And we're going to go Philly from plus two and a half up to plus eight and a half. Good luck, everyone. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle. This is The Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player.